0: Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. And as you can tell, old location. Mark is at an undisclosed location, and I am in our old way old uh, recording area, which is also an undisclosed lo- location, a.k.a. my mom's basement. That's right. So, Mark, oh, it might
1: not sound quite as clear and, and, and good as we normally do, but we know what we can do.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, so, Mark, how you holding up in all this? You got plenty of toilet paper.
1: I already had toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I had, like, we counted and we... Like, the other day, we had, like, 20-something rolls already. Because so, we've always buy it at Sam's. Yeah. I just pick one up so once a month or whatever. When I go in there, I just pick one up. So I had plenty.
0: So I posted a link the other day that it basically would, like, help you figure out how much toilet paper you needed. So I posted this link, and then um, my uh, friend commented, hey, this doesn't take into account the thickness of the roll and how many sheets. So I went back on there, and actually, in the advanced options, you can put in all the variables of the type of toilet paper you have to figure out how much toilet paper you have during this time. And I thought, you know, somebody needs to develop an app that's like Gas Buddy of where you can find hand sanitizer and toilet paper during this uh, quarantine... Oh, if I knew how to do it, I would have already done it.
1: <laughs> Somebody's probably working on it.
0: Right, right. Because I thought, man, if you're at the store and they, you know, because people are posting on Facebook, hey, such and such store has plenty of toilet paper. Get it while you can. And I'm like you, you know, I've got um, just the last couple of weeks. If I could find, you know, a four pack. Of course, I'm a toilet paper snob. I have to have yes, I have to have Scott Tissue or the the knockoff scott brand and part of that is because my brother-in-law used to uh work for a sanitation company and he basically said uh nothing scott is the only one that actually breaks down in your system everything else just clogs it up
1: really i didn't know that
0: so he may be uh no pun intended full of crap but i don't know
1: isn't it a weird thing that people went crazy over toilet paper like why
0: yeah, I, but you know, I heard a great thing, and you know, uh, you as well as most of our listeners know, my stance on conspiracy theories. And one of the theories I heard was that the, the, the toilet paper thing was, uh, was a purposeful media manipulation because people were panicking about toilet paper and not food. Because they knew if people went to the store to try to find toilet paper, they would be like, "Oh, well, you know what? I'm at the store. Might as well pick up some milk and eggs and meat and stuff like that." But yeah. if you had, if the news had said we've got a shortage on food, there would have been mass chaos and violence and looting and that kind of stuff. But instead, they said, "Oh, toilet paper!" And listen, we ain't. The country is not going to run out of toilet paper.
1: We're not. There's a place that makes it right down the road. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. You know? that's I awesome. don't know
1: if people know that or not, but
0: uh, I did toilet, no, I the, did the not. toilet paper factory is located about 20 miles from here. I did not
1: know that. Yeah, because that's what they throw out during the Anderson Christmas Parade every year is packs of toilet paper and paper towels. Interesting.
0: Interesting. You, never heard of
1: first, you never heard of First Quality? No. Yeah, First Quality. That's what they make. They make bottled water and toilet paper. They're located right here in our community.
0: Well, we need to buy their brand. I mean, whatever. Do they make all brands or just... A yeah, specific? yeah. They, I think they make a lot of the store brand stuff that you see. Okay, okay. Well, I, I could, yeah, as long as it's the Walmart Scott tissue knockoff, I, I'm good to go. But uh,
1: speaking of... You know, it is just your butthole. I pretty much would use anything at this point.
0: Well, that's the difference between me and you. I, you know, uh, You'd know,
1: just rather get
0: in the shower.
1: <laughs> You'd rather
0: walk that's what, around somebody, that's what uh, Boomer Payne said the other day. Boomer said, I got a shower. He's like, yeah, the push strange. comes to shove, I ain't dirtying up my sock. I'm getting off the toilet and I'm getting in the shower. Yeah, man, let flush it down the drain. So anyway, it all goes to the same place. It does. I mean, George Costanza had a point. Back into our stomachs when we drink it. That's
1: where it all goes, it all winds up back in our system.
0: Hey, speaking of toilet paper, Mark, let's talk about AEW Dynamite from this week. Okay. Uh, you've been able to watch this. This episode was highly anticipated, um, and so I have watched a little bit of the Raw and SmackDowns that have been in front of no crowds. And those have right. been pretty disappointing because they've essentially done replays. They haven't yeah. really... Um, they haven't done like a whole not lot of new matches. Um,
1: here's, what I, here's one question I got. about All of these things being done in front of a crowd, why are these guys carrying microphones?
0: Right. Right. Unless they're switching out the cover every time that's crazy yeah, I'm just
1: not just that why do you need a microphone
0: yeah you've got you you're can not, a,
1: you're not addressing a crowd they don't need to hear you over the loudspeakers
0: very true very true that's very true it was,
1: we can give them all the little lapel mic <laughs> yeah yeah just make it you know i don't know yeah. I guess it's just the, that's the way we're used to seeing it presented, so.
0: Yeah, no, that's right, that's right. And, and yeah, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they have the technology to do that. Um, now, so when I watched Dynamite this week, I thought the way they presented the show in front of, they didn't do it in front of no crowd. They let the heels be out in the audience, which I, I thought was great. I thought Were they, they were, like heckling? They were heckling they were laughing and joking they were betting on the matches it was absolutely uh great and i'm um i don't know if the ratings came out yet but oh they ha- did how they were did. they they like almost uh like 4 or 500,000 more people watched AEW than NXT wow um well again NXT was more of a highlight show AEW they had been you, you know, you had Lance Archer kind of debut a couple of weeks ago, but everybody had everything had been built into the Exalted one, and everybody pretty much knew Matt Hardy was going to debut. What did you think of the debut of Brody Lee? I liked it, man. I thought
1: it was, I, God, you, I listened to him talk and yes. wondered why they hadn't put a microphone in this guy's hand years ago.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I loved how they shot it. I love the fact that, um, it looked like one of the old Wyatt family promos. Yeah. I liked the way they movie. started
1: out with his, uh, voice distorted. Yes. And as he began to come into focus that the voice stopped being distorted, I thought that was well done.
0: Yes. Um, I also liked how they, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I like the look and feel of it. I like that he was there live. Um, The only thing, my only knock on it is that he, once he got in the ring, he had the really awesome hooded robe, which I really like that. But once he took that off, he just looked like a regular wrestler. He didn't look like an exalted one to me. He didn't look right. like his colors didn't match the dark order. He he they didn't he didn't look like he looked like just an add on to what they were doing instead of the mastermind behind everything they were doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, hey, I get what you're saying. I'm like, here's the exalted one. He's wrestling in a tank top.
1: Yeah, but that's what he's like. he that's how he dressed when he wrestled on the indies before.
0: Gotcha. And he always
1: <laughs> wore blue jeans and a and a wife beater.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm glad he's not wearing that anymore.
1: Yeah, that's what he wore on the Indies before.
0: I loved his part of his promo where he said, uh, you're not the first old man to underestimate me or something like that. Not
1: believe, not believe in me. I thought that was a good line, but I just hate to say I think where TNA always made a mistake was even acknowledging the WWE
0: stuff. No, that's, yes, I agree with that. I just, I, I, I don't want to see
1: everybody that comes to that company then get the, well, WWE didn't believe in me, and now I'm here. I, I don't want that for all these. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, If you do that, if you do that for everybody, it just looks like it becomes TNA, which is the land of the guys WWE didn't want anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so I, I'm excited. Brody Lee, I mean... I think we all have the same, most of us, you and I and other people we talked to, had about the same opinion of the Dark Order, and by adding Brody Lee, it elevates them about six notches, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think... But
1: back, so back to the thing with the, the I just kind of had this thought from coming from WWE, don't tell me that WWE didn't believe in you. Yeah. Show me why, show me why WWE should have. Yeah. That's what I would say. Don't come out and say it just by what you do every week. Yeah. By the performances that you have every week. Show me what? that they, they missed the ball on
0: you. Yeah. Now, by cut, that promo certainly was a great start to showing me that.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: Because uh, that
1: was my first thought. Listening to him, I thought, man, who, who knew Luke Harper could talk? Who knew Brody Lee could talk, man?
0: Yeah, it was, it was a really, really good. Um, so toward the end, toward the end of the episode, I was doing what I always do. This is the first episode of, um, Dynamite that I've actually watched live in a while because we didn't have, we didn't have church. I was watching it live and I was on Twitter and Ryan Satin, uh, comes on and says, uh, Hey, I, I still think Matt Hardy is going to be a part of the dark order. And I just, as soon as I saw Wednesday night, that Nick Jackson was not going to be in the the war games match, and they were adding a fifth person, I'm like, that's going to be Matt Hardy, so I just replied to Matt, uh, Ryan Satin, note Matt Hardy's going to be the fifth guy, and within, like, three minutes of that, the their main event ends, and uh, I don't, I don't, I think you said you didn't see the whole main event, it very much was a it was like they were they were definitely stretching for time. Like, it got to be like 9.52, and you could tell, okay, they, this is normally where the match would end, but they got about five more minutes. They got a feel. Um, right. Uh, but then when I saw Vanguard 1 fly in, I just, I replied to my own tweet, and I said, just said, there it is, and it got a you know, bunch of likes or whatever. I thought the debut of Matt Hardy was absolutely tremendous. Uh what are your thoughts? Would you have done anything differently?
1: No, no, I think they, I mean, hell, and these guys are doing it, man. You know, even if you don't like everything that they're doing, um, most of the stuff that they're doing is 10 times better than what WWE's got going on.
0: Right.
1: Everybody's different, man. Not everybody wrestles the same. Not every, God, man, that's, Always been the thing with WWE here lately, especially the past ten or fifteen years. Everybody does everything the same way.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Cookie cutter promos and cookie cutter matches, except for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. except for the older, you know, the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. When they're doing something, it's different because they grew. They come up in a time when everybody had their own style.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and none of the guys that they're bringing up now do. Well, I say that the new crop kind of does, yeah. you know, uh, the guys that triple H has had a hand in, um, cultivating have their own style, but man, for so long, everything was exactly the same. That
0: monotone delivery of lines that aren't funny. And yeah. you know, the stuff that's not supposed to be funny winds up just being cringy
1: and the, the stuff that's supposed to be funny falls flat. And so to see the guys in, in, AEW man, it's just different, and it's you know, a lot of it's really good. So I wouldn't do anything different. The only thing is, is uh, you know Matt Hardy's such a good guy that I would love to have seen him debut in front of a, a you know a bunch of people.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The place would have went ballistic. You know, I mean, it was, and even Brody
0: Lee, the place would have went nuts because that was his hometown. Right. That's right. <laughs> but Matt Hardy,
1: man, they really would have went crazy for Matt Hardy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought... But he's kind of hate to see that he didn't get that. But he will. Like, the
1: first time they do something in front of people, he'll get that re- reaction. Uh,
0: I thought the way that Vanguard 1 flew into the camera shot, the p- the piano music, uh, Matt Hardy being up in the the stands, and let me just tell you what made all of this for me was the reaction of Chris Jericho
1: what always makes that stuff good
0: Chris Jericho looked like he had seen a ghost
1: yes exactly and just like you know Mick Foley talked about the night that they finally debuted uh, Cactus Jack yeah in the WWE when he was going to have that fight at, at the Garden with Triple H that had Triple H done like he always did because yeah. that was one of the Triple H's things that he, nothing bothered him. Yeah. So whatever he did, he would smirk at it. Yeah. But on that night when they called Cactus Jack out, he, he was like, oh, oh my God, I don't know that I can, I had mankind's number. Yeah. I don't know that I can beat Cactus Jack. And he told that story on his face and it made the segment work. And you're right. So when a pro like Jericho knows how to do that.
0: Yeah. Did you see, I don't know if you saw this, when Jericho came out, you know how the crowd always sings his song. Sammy Guevara got on the microphone, and was Sammy Guevara is quietly becoming in uh, becoming one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, he's really good, man. I like that kid.
0: I like, I, don't Joe, think... I like a
1: lot of those guys. Even like I've talked about it, Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy's thing is good because it's not like if somebody was out there being competitive with the guy.
0: Right. Right. It,
1: you know, and selling the kicks and acting like he was killing them with those kicks, that would be offensive to me. Yeah. But they're not. And and when he turned it on with Pac, he really turned it on. I've watched the highlights of that match on um, on YouTube. Yeah. And, I mean, the dude's good, man. The dude's really good when he when he wants to be. I like the Orange Cassidy deal. Um, the only thing I don't like is Marco Stunt, to be honest with you. It's about the only thing in that company that I don't like.
0: Yeah, not. I'm, right I'm not a you. fan of the. Huh? I'm right there with you on that.
1: Not a huge fan of the the Dark Order, but it's kind of grown on me.
0: Yeah, like here's the thing with the Dark Order, they, especially evil evil Uno, they hadn't they had a chance to where it was kind of falling flat with people. And they could have like changed it up, but they just turned what they were doing up to eleven. True, that's true. They didn't kind of
1: course correct. They kept doing what they were doing, and it and it, it got over ironically.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and now it's like adding Brody Lee. Like if you you know if you're a fan of Brody Lee, you kind of I don't want to say obligated, but like. Are you going to make fun of the Dark Order now? Because now they got you know somebody, everybody's been clamoring for to get an opportunity.
1: And you know I've always dug that guy, man. Like I'm not buying Luke Harper t-shirts. Don't misunderstand me. I, but I think I think Luke Harper is a very solid upper mid card talent.
0: Yes. yes. And
1: I really think they missed the boat by not using him at using him as that. Yeah. In WWE, I'm not saying that he's the guy that you should have had facing Brock Lesnar and beating him. I don't think, I personally, I don't think he's that. Right. But he could have been the guy that you beat before you went to Brock Lesnar.
0: Right. So let me let me throw, the, as we're sitting here talking, let me throw this <laughs> idea out at you. So let's say AEW adds uh, a mid-card title put that title on Brody Lee and he uses like basically he starts saying hey to get to me you got to go through all these minions you got to yes. go through and and he just and dude you could they could pick a baby face and they could build up somebody so much who has to overcome and overcome overcome and then finally defeats the evil and villain gonna, that could be amazing
1: and i'm gonna, i'm gonna tell you who that guy is okay Darby Allin, or Jungle
0: Boy? Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking... Either one of those guys. Yes, yes.
1: Or even Luchasaurus. I mean, I... You know, Luchasaurus is awesome, man. Yes, yes. Uh, So he's another guy. Either one of those three guys I think you put in that spot, and it works.
0: Dude, how awesome would it be for when Luchasaurus... Choke slams Jungle Boy in the middle of the ring, joins the Dark Order, takes the mask off, and he has just got the most evil face paint on his face, and then, you know, changes, and just, just becomes a bad, I mean, just a bad, bad butt, you know? I don't A know. bad butt. A bad butt. <laughs> a bad butt. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: just becomes a bad butt. Speaking of toilet like, paper. no. No, no no bad butt in history ever called it bad butt, just so you
0: know. <laughs> oh, listen, if there was anybody listening still wondering if I were a bad butt, I just wanted to remove all <laughs> doubt. That's right. You are a nerd. <laughs> Even under quarantine and in a world pandemic, I'm living my guinea. bad
1: butt about you. <laughs>
0: Just be a bad, but. <laughs> so I want to, want to close with this on this uh, episode. Um, so they announced last night, they will not be doing the war games this week. And I right. thought that was absolutely the right thing to do.
1: I too. That's a good call. That's a good call, man. Especially like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know that what you need right now is something that's over the top violent. Right. With a lot of, with a lot of blood. I don't know that you need that right now, man. Right. I think, what you need right now is something just to entertain you.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. And they have said instead of that, and I didn't realize this, they're going to have the first one-on-one encounter between Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy and I think that's going to be brilliant.
1: I didn't see. That's a good idea. Like I had I it's hard to imagine that those guys have never had a one-on-one match with each other.
0: Yeah.
1: It's pretty amazing when you think
0: about it. Cuz they've both been wrestling 30 years?
1: Yeah, and been in the same company together.
0: So and yeah. I'm
1: sure they, they've had tag team matches together.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Against one another. But, but I didn't realize they'd never faced each other one-on-one.
0: And see, that's a perfect feud now that Jericho does not have the title because Matt Hardy doesn't need the title. No, no. I
1: don't know. Neither one of them
0: do. Right, right. The only thing... Um, uh. I'm, I'm hoping that Moxley having the title does not get him lost in the shuffle. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because nobody's even talking about him in
0: this thing. Right. He only was on the show briefly, and they showed him outside, saying, "You've been bought. Bar- You're not medically cleared to compete, so you can't come inside." Huh. Um. And then he cut, you know, a good Moxley promo and got into his, uh, dude, I think, I'll have to go back and check this. I think he got into the sports car that Chris Jericho offered him if he would join the inner circle. Uh, I might be wrong about that. Could have. You never know. You never know.
1: Could just be a uh, a plot hole. Where he drove his actual
0: car? Uh, no, it was it was a really nice sports car. It was not what I. It would be you know if Stone Cold Steve Austin pulled up in a red Miata, it'd be like, huh? And so it kind of like you know it was it was a real nice fancy sports car, but when I think of John Moxley, I'm thinking Hummer or Jeep. That's
1: exactly what I was thinking—a Jeep or a Hummer or something like that.
0: Um.
1: Not a Maserati.
0: No, I don't know what he was. uh, Yeah, what if he pulled up in a VW Bug? <laughs> and like, and not an old one. <laughs> no, no, like a new one <laughs> like, with the blue with the eye, eyelashes on it. Yeah, what the baby baby, baby blue.
1: <laughs> baby blue VW Bug with eyelashes.
0: So, Mark, um, where can people go if they want to follow your quarantine adventures? Where can they find you on social media now? No,
1: nowhere, really. Well, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at the DDK Show if you want to. Um, but yeah, probably not going to be posting much. I don't. I'm trying to stay off of it, man, because it's just gloom and doom.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm well, glad I got rid of Facebook and Instagram a while back for this, yeah. but Twitter's like Twitter. That's where the uh, the all the kids that smoke hang out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Twitter, like, he, like I can definitely see if someone's on Twitter all the time, they definitely would think that the country's more democratic, maybe than it actually is. But but Twitter is just like, there is no there's no middle ground. You are either, it, it is just, you either hate something or you love it. That's um, true. And there are certain people that I follow there that, that pretty much when I go on there, I'll search for them and just read, see what they've posted today. And sometimes I'll try to see what's trending. And it's weird what trends <laughs> sometimes. And, um, Isn't it though? Did you see the, uh, just right quick before we wrap it up, this uh, this stupid,
1: ridiculous uh, celebrity singing Imagine?
0: Yes. So so this morning on Facebook, I posted, hey, I'm going to need these celebrities to do a tribute to Kenny Rogers and sing The Gambler. And then I said, you know what, I don't need celebrities. So I recorded myself singing the first line of The Gambler and said, all right, everybody, post your video in the comments. And so far, uh, Matty G, he had posted the second line. So we'll see how that goes, you know. We don't have to wait for these celebrities to do anything for us. That's right.
1: And it'll actually be, if if that was to go viral, it would be pretty cool.
0: Right, right.
1: I'm going to record a clip of myself to send to you. Yes, and it's going to be uh, somewhere in the darkness. The gambler he broke even. Yes, <laughs> it's the final words. I find an ace that I can
0: keep. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So before we before we sign off, uh, favorite. What's your favorite favorite Kenny Rogers song? Gambler.
1: Uh, I tell you, gambler's just that's a good one. Yeah. I love uh, Coward of
0: the Cannon. That's another good one, yeah. It's a great song. And then uh, for one that nobody ever mentions, um,
1: when he was with, was it The Fifth Dimension? Just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. That's a, that's a classic one that everybody kind of forgets.
0: So I, I, like. I bought the, um, and this. I think this is when I was in one of those CD clubs, and I actually and, was paying for them and ordering CDs. And I got, like, the four-disc Kenny Rogers uh, pack. And it, I mean, I, I i put, I digitized it, so I don't know if I still have the box. So it was in, like, a really cool box. It had a book. And, like, learn you know, just, there was a lot about Kenny Rogers I didn't know. I mean, obviously, <laughs> all of his duets are amazing.
1: With Dolly, yeah. Island's in the Stream.
0: Yeah, daytime friends and nighttime love. Right? Oh,
1: that's a good one right there, boy. You picked a to pick to fine time to leave me, Lucille.
0: Yes, man. Classic.
1: Uh, Nobody
0: writes songs like that anymore.
1: They don't, man. Even that song he did a few years ago about the little boy playing baseball, the greatest, where he's he's um, throws the ball up and he's telling everybody how great he is, and then he misses. Yeah, and and then he says he's the world's greatest pitcher. Oh my! You, know, you, you never. You know what? You, you throw the ball up, swing the bat, and try to hit it. Oh right,
0: right, right. Oh gosh! Misses. I need to find he, that song because I don't think no, I heard it.
1: It's called the. I think it's called the greatest.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm the greatest there has ever been, and it, uh, but that's what it winds up being. The kid throws the ball up, misses it, and then claims that what he meant was he's the world's greatest pitcher, not the world's greatest hitter.
0: That's awesome. That's so good, man. So stinking good, just like Kenny Rogers, man. I never got to have Kenny Rogers fried chicken.
1: I don't know if I ever did to be honest with you. I feel like I had it somewhere, but it wasn't fried chicken. It was roasted.
0: Oh, I just they're remember huge, it from Seinfeld.
1: They're huge, evidently, and uh it's either China or Japan. I'm not one of the two like some one of the Asian countries they're at, they're still like really popular over there. oh my, but God. I think all of them have closed down here.
0: Well, I'm going to wait a few months before I travel overseas and try one out.
1: Yeah, I'm probably going to wait a few months before I travel anywhere outside of like a 20-mile radius of my home. We've I, like had to put vacations on hold. I mean, just it's been.
0: Listen, you, know. you may not have a choice about that. None of us may be traveling no, Outside no, like miles. You know,
1: we were fixing to start buying tickets and stuff, and we were talking about how cheap the airline the the tickets are right now, and I yeah. was like, yeah, you know, if we, we'll, who knows if we're even going to be able to fly six months from now?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I hope, I hope that we are. You know, I hope it wraps up soon. Yeah. I saw on uh, CBS. I think it was CBS did an interview with one of the doctors that said there's a one of the um, the malaria treatments mm-hmm. is <clears throat> is being prescribed to people, and it like with severe cases of this.
0: Wow! They're
1: they're testing out a malaria treatment, and they, you know, they're really just gathering evidence about whether it works or not. They don't want to say if it does or if it doesn't. And it, there's evidently a lot of really there can be some really bad side effects to the malaria treatment. So don't take that as a gospel. I mean, I know you're, much like, much
0: like President Trump, you're probably surprised about how much I know about this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just just amazed at how much I,
1: I know about these things. You know, everybody is. Every time I talk about anything, people are always amazed at how much I know.
0: Oh, I am never, listen... I'm never surprised by uh, what uh, you know, and I would never doubt you.
1: Hey, don't take anything I said as a gospel about this malaria treatment. I just saw it on the news, and as we all know, a couple of weeks ago on the news, I found out that you could give uh, everybody a million dollars if you had $300 million. <laughs> I don't know that the same the same news company that reported that can be trusted to report anyway.
0: Right. Right. Well, I don't know if you saw the tweet from the uh, World Health Organization, but in January they tweeted out Chinese officials uh, have noted that they have not found any person to person transmission of coronavirus. Really? Yes. That is an actual tweet. I want to say it was either January 17th or January 31st, but it was an actual tweet they put out. And I was like, let's, you know, I just don't know that I'm believing anything China says.
1: I don't believe anything anybody says. (laughs) If I don't see it with my own two eyes, I don't believe it, man.
0: Right. What is the old saying, believe uh, none of what you see and half of what you read?
1: Uh, uh, half of what you half of what you see. Don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. Oh.
0: Well, there you go. Well, people can believe this, that The Double Dropkick Show, we are, quarantined or not, we're still coming to you. Uh, I, we, I, we're self-quarantined.
1: I'm doing it as much as I possibly can. I can't get it. Yes,
0: out. I bought enough groceries yesterday to last a week. And then we'll kind of go from there.
1: That's what I'm doing, man. I'm just going and getting enough to kind of get me through the week. And you know, what else can you do, Heath?
0: Yeah, just take it one day at a time, and there you go. None
1: of us know what's going to happen, so I'm not freaking
0: out about it, but I am concerned. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good T-shirt right there. Oh man. Well, folks, we hope wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you're staying safe and you're staying quarantined. And uh, we hope most of all that the Double Dropkick Show will provide the entertainment for you and your entire family uh, during these days. But as always, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.